Hello everyone, welcome to the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast on TV as well. Number 359. On the way, we are Premier League. I mean, we, we're sort of doing it by association. Uh, we need another vote. That's not Brexit. And one point left. That's the title challenge. Not a comment about this podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bailey. Hello there. Uh, we are with you in audio form and, as I mentioned for once, in glorious full video on the Pinken YouTube channel, I believe, and Pinken.com. And joining us right here, um, this top flight of a Monday afternoon, although it's not as sunny as when I wrote that, here at Archant Towers is where we work uh, we have Chief Norwich City Correspondent Paddy Davitt happy promotion Paddy happy promotion Michael <laughs> you and got a new job no 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 no, no well, well I was about to, yeah anyway no no um, and uh, our corresponding colleague David Freezer. hello Dave happy promotion that reminds me of when we bumped into Mr Webber at Kenilworth Road in pre-season and he said uh Happy New Season Day. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that before. They say that in Wales. Um, and of course, Tony is uh, manning the camera. You'll never see him, but you might hear from him if he starts chirping up with helpful advice, which he's very good at, to be fair. Um, thanks for watching. He's becoming like Niles' wife in Frasier. <laughs> never see him. <laughs> a strong reference. Go on, Tony. And like I said, it's the stick. Nine, nine, nine seasons down the line I'll take the helmet off <laughs> and it'll be someone else <laughs> it'll be the eighth incarnate anyway how jovial see this is how the podcast works Paddy how are you How, how are you well rested after a busy weekend well rested <laughs> went to bed at two Sunday morning up at eight working through till about eleven last night yep. don't don't feel guil- guilty that you've put me through this Norwich City but uh, <laughs> yeah very tired but uh, it's all in a good course so uh, as we can see in front of us on the table all our hard work in print form who knew that you can get papers as well as websites and they admit that I think I tweeted it and Dave you mentioned it I think we all did it's nice to have papers especially in situations like this isn't it it's a bit different to an iPad and a a story on the web that you know you can't really pick up and hold can you yeah no I mean yeah it's just um, and they all encapsulate what was a phenomenal achievement which has felt like it's a long time coming in recent weeks of all the you know avalanches of post-match content I did see a clip where Weber was talking about his overriding emotion was relief because it's felt like they were here for two weeks and he was almost like how would I feel but it's kind of yeah it's done now they're over the line which is a little bit harsh because you know maybe it'll be the summer when the football has fallen silent and we can just pause and take a breath that the full scale of this achievement will come into its rightful context because it is a phenomenal achievement given the conditions that they started this season in terms of the financial pressure, um, the untried and unproven squad they were trying to meld together. Unbelievable. Indeed, absolutely. And we'll definitely get, maybe it'll be after Sunday, but we'll get stuck into that in a bit. Uh, Dave, how are you? How's your world? Yeah, fine. Um, yeah, I got to bed about four o'clock Saturday night. Oh, that's not competition. <laughs> yeah, thought it was because you were going home to have beer. That's what. Nah. I, I had a couple of beers when I got home. Just needed them to be. <laughs> I mean, we didn't leave the stadium till after twelve, did we? So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't really get to sleep. To be honest, I was still just sort of. We were so sort of heads down amongst it all, weren't we? That it was all kind of happening around us while we were busy doing stuff, and which is great. And you're soaking in as much of it as you can, but. It wasn't really until I got home and really started watching back all the videos and going through a lot of the stuff that we'd actually sort of churned out during the night that it really started to sink in. So, um, 
Yeah, it's been tiring to an extent, but but great, you know, great memories. And like you say, that it's great to sort of have the printed product. You know, the EDP is one pound, the Evening News eighty five p. You know, and it's a keepsake. You stick that up in your attic, and you look at it in thirty years or whatever, and you know what a what a great thing to be able to do. So you know, print still still has it val- has its value, and I've enjoyed playing a part in, in pulling it all together. We are we are doing a great job of selling this this is this is good salesmanship well done boys um, we should also mention that um, if you're listening to this or watching this I'm going to go full sale now and you think well I want a copy of the paper then there is a way of ordering them online and it doesn't matter where you live I think there's means of us getting them to you I can't remember what the email address is so perhaps Dave okay. will have it oh go on go on, go on reader, reader services all one word lowercase services plural at archant.co.uk there you go so you can have a copy of the EDP not Evening News whichever and there'll be lots of other supplements I think and what have you over the coming weeks to so get hold of them because we know for a fact and we've been doing this I mean, this is the 11th time in Norwich City's 117 year history they've been promoted it's just 11 times that's all um, and obviously only a few of those are to the actual top flight and we know because we've been sharing the pictures from 2011, 2010, from 1986, from two, I'm seeing how many I can remember now, 2004. You know, these images, they stand the test of time. This is the view now, here and now, of Norwich City's promotion in 2019. It won't tell the whole tale, of course, but it'll tell a good portion of it. Absolutely. Um... And more to come. Yeah, I mean, we might as well go full salesman mode. We'll have a <laughs> 56 page of this Friday, teeing up. Are you doing that one? Not all of it, no. <laughs> um, most of it, no. Uh, no. Um, then we'll have another supplement, which is hopefully, hopefully celebrating a championship this day next week, uh, a title, which we'll get stuck into, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, the parade is on uh, this day next week. So, yeah, another pullout. So you'll be roundly sick of pullouts by, <laughs> by Tuesday of next week. But uh, as you said, uh, in in its context of 117 years, this is a special time. So why, why not make the most of it? Bang on indeed. OK, well, uh, just before we get fully into the football chat, remember, uh, you can get in touch with us here at the podcast to set your thoughts or help set the agenda for us. Uh, just send an email to thepinkinatarchant.co.uk or get in touch via all the usual social media channels, both Pink and, and our personal ones. Of course, we've had loads of messages um, over recent weeks, so we, we've still got them and we will plough through them at some point, probably not today. Uh, and make sure you don't miss a single podcast. Um, I say through the rest of the season, but there's probably only a week or two to go. But of course, we'll be back next year and we'll be with you during the summer. You can do that by subscribing. You can subscribe on YouTube, of course, to our YouTube channel. So you should definitely do that. And you can also subscribe to the podcast and you'll find the details at pinkencom slash podcast. Now, regular listeners to the podcast this season will know Mr. Davitt played a blinder by digging out Football School, the amazing quiz book. Here it is. Basically, there's a there's a shelf by our desk. I might have just walked past and like knocked it with my elbow and it dropped out. So there wasn't a lot of thought went into it. You haven't put it down since. Oh, it's compelling reading now. I've got a blinding one again today, boys. Oh, it's straight in there, straight in there. No more preamble required. The question this week, gentlemen, is... How did Spanish keeper Santiago Canizares rupture a tendon in his foot? Oh, easy. We have, haven't we? Yeah. I probably no, still can't remember no, the answer. No, no. Uh, what do you think the answer was? Can you remember what the answer was? Yeah, we have had this one. Oh. <laughs> but I think I knew that anyway. So. <laughs> I don't know if it was because of okay, this well, book. I, No, I was just reading that out. As potentially that was, could be an option. It was a good one. Say, that was it? the question. Exactly. Yeah, it was a good one you caught. Okay. I mean, it has to be said, um, we... Uh, we 
set the question now and we give you the answer on the uh, Pink and Norwich City podcast extra time which you can watch and listen to on the on the app so uh, get that if you haven't already got it getting the plugs in here tonight aren't we jeez right, here we go now you come to mention it I do remember reading that out in the dim and distant <laughs> past long few weeks as I said yeah long weekend right this week's question is the phrase an underdog is often used to describe a team not expected to win a match so correct such as when Bulgaria beat Germany in the 94 World Cup quarterfinal or US beating America for you uh, US beating America US beating England in the 1950 World Cup Norwich getting promoted indeed this term was first used in the 19th century originating from which of these activities dog fighting and there's a helpful explanation the dog expected to win was the top dog so there you go dog fighting dog racing the most timid dog would sit under the starter's chair. Dog flying. Dog flying, as in airplane flying, the weakest dogs always flew the lowest. This is very strange. Dog flying? Dog flying, yeah, maybe. Well, that was a th- yeah, okay. Dog selling. Some scrawny dogs sold for less than the registered price. Wow, there you go. We've definitely not had this question before. <laughs> so where does the phrase an underdog originate from? Is it fighting, racing, flying, or selling? I'd go A or D, but I'm not sure which. It's got to be A, although that's quite sad because it was dog fighting, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Don't give the answer now because we're here now, but uh, Pad's going to have a look. Don't give it away in your face. No, okay. Tony, what do you reckon? Well, there is a film called Underdog, which is about a superhero dog which flies, so... <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I'm glad you know that, Tony. I'm, I'm the one with kids, but there we go. <laughs> have to check it out. Okay, well... Yeah, I, I, let's go with flying dogs because I still can't imagine how they're. Anyway, we'll figure that out. You have a think about that yourselves, and as I said, you'll get you'll catch the answer on our extra time podcast. Which you can catch on the app. Just search "Pink Un" two words in either Google Play or the App Store. So this is this was that was the week that was. I've got it in here. They're the words, not necessarily in the right order. Uh, Norwich are promoted. I hope you caught that. Um, how silly do we all look after our pre-season predictions, eh? I can't, I can't remember. We listed a few of them off. I think Tony's helpfully put them out so everyone could laugh at them. Um, but it wasn't It wasn't just us, was it? I mean, come on, this is... No one saw this coming, surely. Well, some, amongst the many emails I've had in recent days, somebody sent me an email where the TalkSport generator had put 18th for Norwich, so... 18th, 10th, I know who's, who's looking more foolish yeah. uh, those two <laughs> predictions, uh, with... Let me think. West Brom, Leeds, and Middlesbrough to be promoted, according to Mr. Talksport. So, you've got that to look forward to next season. That, that cutting analysis, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I mean, Weber again. I remember him saying one of them post-match interviews since Saturday night that nobody had seen nobody predicting that they would do this, and there's a simple reason for that because they finished 14th last season um, and were going in the wrong direction. It wasn't like they come upwards they actually finished the season far poorer than they started it so in that context with a summer where you lose Madison and Murphy you create a fulcrum um, entirely plausible that you wouldn't look silly predicting that they were anything better than 14th was incremental progress Um, so you know but that takes me back to what I said right at the start of the podcast this is an unbelievable achievement because nobody with a game to go would have bet on Norwich already being up with a point guarantee you winning the title it's just a phenomenal achievement and it's a hat tip to Daniel Stewart all the players all the backroom staff 
uh, and and in recent times the fans because they fully bought into it again I thought Saturday the the atmosphere was spot on before the game during the game all areas of the ground it wasn't just one pocket um, and it's an easy thing to say and Daniel has said it often unity well it feels like a uni- unified club on and off the pitch 100% and I, I think about I mean they obviously lost Angus Gunn as well which was quite a key point part of the season before Remy Matthews was there, but they didn't want to risk him because they did. They felt you know you, you basically, if you have a goalkeeper who's not strong enough in the situation Norwich are, you might have a relegation issue on your hand. That, that that literally what Daniel was saying at the time. So that they clearly at that point had, you know, I'm sure they were very confident of the what the the work that they put in, but they weren't willing to test it to a degree that gave them unnecessary risk. So that kind of said it all. I yeah, I mean, the bookies were offering them around 10th favourite, weren't they, at the start? Um, I think you get 20 to 1 with Skybet for them to win the title before things had kicked on. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I stuck with my prediction of 10th pretty much, I think, from pre season through until it started. Um, but I do remember, I, th- I think it was when we did a, a live video when the fixtures were released and you came round our desks uh, and got um, opinions from you know me, Paddy, Chris Slakey, Ian Clark, etc. Um, and I remember saying in there that um, there was always the potential for something to click um, and that there could be something special that would happen this year, but it really would take you know all the forces aligning. and. You know, none of us were expecting Timu Pukki to score 28 championship goals, were we? So that was obviously a, a big thing. But um, yeah, I felt quite nervous ahead of Saturday night until I got to the stadium and then seeing everyone's smiles and chatting with everyone and, and everyone's excitement to be at the stadium again. Because I, I feel like that is there now, you know, supporters can't wait to get to Carrow Road. My nerves had calmed down quite a lot by the time we were in the press box and, and the football was was kicking off and... You know the the way the players actually executed under that pressure of of needing a a, a point um, after four successive draws was was just brilliant. So that's that's reflective of how well they've done this season that they managed to put in that performance when it really mattered. Yeah, absolutely. Bang on. Um, th- this question has been asked quite a bit um, of, of all of us, I suppose. So I'm, I'm going to ask it to us now because it's our platform. But it's if there's anything anything new to offer, any insight into it in that. How has how has this happened? How, what what is it that's that's made this turnaround from where they were last season for you guys and what you've seen? Well, I mean, you, I mean, you can pick out the individual elements. They've touched on it there: recruitment, Team Mupuki, Emi Buendia, stunning impact for debut seasons in English football. Um, far in excess, probably, of what the people who recruited them would have expected. So, you know, that's a factor. The the faith in youth and then for that youth to step up and, and say hang on Max Aarons I belong at this level I'm going to show everybody Ben Godfrey um, Jamal Lewis kicking on again um, and then man management he's, he's clearly a very good coach they all say the same and he improves players whether you're at the Alex Tetty end of the scale or the Max Aarons um, and his man management because again we've seen now in this period since the turn of, turn of the year no Grant Hanley more or less Tim Closer very limited impact Tete Rhodes yet they're all fully on board you can see that in the, the scale of the celebrations and the, the outpouring of um, togetherness fighting spirit so that's good man management um, so you know it's it's individual elements what they all come together is is that that philosophy that looked like it wasn't kicking in as anybody had hoped last summer they stuck with it and maybe that's what it, it boils down to that they didn't 
throw the baby out with the bathwater, as the saying goes, and mm. and thought, yeah, you know what, this isn't really working. We've tried this. Um, see you later, Stuart. See you later, Daniel. And we'll go back to type maybe and get a more traditional, domestic sourced type of manager. Um, so it's to the credit of the board, you would have to say that they they went away. That much has been made of these. Um, kind of away days they had as a, as a board as Stuart and his staff Daniel and his coaches and clearly the, the upshot of those two or three days away at the end of last season was no we feel there's enough progress okay it might not have been visible on the pitch in terms of the final position in the table but we feel we're still doing the right things and it will come good and that faith has been amply rewarded cool, just a bit what do you reckon Dave yeah that was my immediate reaction that sticking to the Farker way really you know they when Stuart arrived, um, obviously he arrived a little bit before he appointed Daniel, didn't he? And he said right from that moment, you know, patience is going to be needed. We're putting in a whole new structure here, a whole new way of thinking, a whole new Norwich way. And they obviously that was tested a lot by the end of last season. You think we finished last season, at, you know, nearly a year ago, losing 5-1 at Sheffield Wednesday with James Madison on crutches and a £20 million transfer in the balance because of a, of a knee ligament. And from that point on, yes, the recruitment has been absolutely spot on because Stuart has found those pieces to complete Daniel's jigsaw almost, doesn't he? He's, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew the um, style of play that he was looking for, but he's also shown a huge amount of intelligence in how he adjusted from last season, what he learned from last season. And, you know, I remember with Lambert's here, we, we sort of talked about them being quite swashbuckling, didn't we? And that they were they almost took that approach of we'll score more than you they scored a lot of goals but when you look at the fact that Norwich are a point away from the title and yes they've scored 91 goals but they conceded a lot of goals along the way as well they're far from the best defence in, in the league so Daniel and Stuart wanted more entertainment the fans wanted more entertainment they certainly got that but that would for me my instinct answer to you to that question was that they've stuck to what they've stuck to what Daniel Farker wanted they've um, fully backed him so yeah that's that, that would be my answer it's like you say they, they've had t- two years of work at it rather than one year which is sometimes all a, a club is willing to give isn't it especially if it's not um, you know it's hard to see the progress and you just then factor in the amount of transition the amount of changes you know as you said the fact that they it's not like they've Swansea might have this issue this this uh, this summer they, Stoke. They, and Stoke as well they, you know they had that framework and they built on it but they also removed all the biggest talents they had in the team last year you know normally that would then set you back to okay we need to try and get back to where we were last year because we literally lost all our goals and our goalkeeper mm-hmm. so just to then do it so you, you progressed even further without those talents staying with you for another season just ah oh, phenomenal um all right here's a here's a devil's advocate question how strong has the championship been this season is it uh, it's a difficult one because i think i you know wolves swept the board last season but they spent a shed load of money um the teams have come down they've maybe not been as strong you know there's been two crisis clubs i by no way belittling norwich's achievement by the way that is not the point but it's you know just a curious one i suppose I don't. I mean, horrible I get, question, really. Sorry, gents. Well, you guess you'd you'd need to put it in the statistical context of previous seasons. The point spread, as you say, lead, uh, leads Wolves seemingly felt like I know they had a bit of a stumble getting over the line last season, but um, it feels to me like the spread of the the points and uh, you know the fact that was Norwich are on ninety plus and they still haven't secured the title. Leeds have been bang at it until falling away around Easter. Um, 
So I feel I feel it's quite quite a close championship. Whether that means it's a better championship in terms of the quality, I don't know. That's subjective. But um, mm-hmm. you know, there's some big big clubs, and it's a cliche to talk about big clubs. Um, but there are now, you know, the Derbies and the Sheffield Wednesdays and uh, Villa, West Brom. It feels like every year now that championship gets increasingly more competitive um, and the level playing field as well, irrespective of clubs coming down as Norwich did with parachute money. It's been proven. It's not a guarantee. Stoke this season, Swansea. Um, you might come down a wash with cash, but you come down with a lot of problems and a lot of churn. Um, so I don't think that's quite the, the leveller some would have you believe that it's effectively whoever comes down this coming summer now will be straight back up because they have all this money. They also have a lot of problems to have to sift through. Um, so for me, if it's is this a good championship? I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it's taken some getting promoted, never mind winning the title. So, you know, for me, yeah, it's... Um, but whether it's any better or worse than previous seasons, again, you'd have to go and have a look at the, what the numbers tell you, I think. I think it's as strong as it's ever been, as, as competitive as it's ever been without having a standout team like a Newcastle or a or a Wolves um, you know there is some financial disparity even in the division you look at well, Bolton are obviously in a mess Ipswich don't have much money um, Rotherham you know really punching above their way even Millwall um, are to that extent so to that degree yeah, there is um, a sort of division within division but I just had a quick count up there Norwich have won 18 of their games by a single goal so as much style as they've had and as brilliant as there have been great moments like winning 4-1 at Swansea, 4-0 Sheffield Wednesday, 3-1 at Leeds, that they have had to really, really fight and scrap. And as Daniel says, well, he keeps saying, doesn't he, that it's the toughest league in the world. 46 games, it's so intense. You know, how many times are there two games in four days or um, four or five days? It has been, it's incredibly intense. And the way they've managed to sort of keep their heads amongst it all has been has been really impressive because as we saw when we went to Rotherham or even in the home game when they, they took the lead at Carrow Road, didn't they? that there's a lot of spirit and a lot of well-organised teams it's not easy to score against teams but the, the away form in particular has, has been brilliant whereas maybe at home it's not been as convincing and they've, they've almost at times had to show more spirit at home haven't they when teams have been that uh, been more resolute and made it more difficult for them so I, I still think it's a, it's a great division and the, the, the whole adjustment of the sort of Norwich City viewpoint on it this year is that I, I feel like everybody's like great let's go up but I don't feel like people will be devastated if Norwich do come straight back down now because everyone's bought into the project almost and they know that next year will be tough there is a there is a risk that it's not going to work out and they probably are going to get some drubbings along the way but if they came back down I think people would be like all right great let's go for it again think how good it was last time uh this segment is called that was the week that was uh, for the record Norwich beat Blackburn 2-1 <laughs> Right, I bet you're looking forward to seeing this on camera. I know these two boys will be. Gongs of the week time. That's right. We've got no like flashy graphics or anything, but I can tell you that first up is the big Duncan Forbes hero of the week. Uh, who shall we give it to? I think, Paddy, we should start with you because you got double digits out. <laughs> yeah, well, Mr. Vancic, yeah, it's hard to look beyond him, although having said that, apparently he's not in the who scored team of the week. <laughs> Go figure on that one. Um, what a goal, what a goal. Um, and what a crucial part he's played in this defining phase of the season. Had to bide his time, was unlucky. Injury took him out of the side in the derby, having been the Championship Fans Player of the Year in January. Um, but what an impact he's had of late. Goals and assists and uh, 
yeah, his all-round game. But you know, we might be wanting to be a bit twee and say there was eleven plus subs heroes this weekend because <laughs> it feels a bit harsh to single one out. But yeah. Hard for me to look beyond Super Mario. Indeed, the first ten you've ever given out ratings. Oh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't pay a lot of heed to ratings. To be brutal, I <laughs> might. I, when they went at Wembley, I probably gave low. I probably gave more ten that day. So you know, yeah, yeah. that's the way to treat ratings. See, stop taking them so seriously. Um, I, phenomenal efficiency from Mario Vrancic because he hasn't started that many games he hasn't really played that many minutes but what Norwich have got from those minutes I think he's incomparable to all the other players to be honest absolutely stunning uh, do you want to give it to him or anyone else Dave? No got to be Mario for me um, this time last week on the pod I was saying that he had to start didn't I it didn't matter really where he had to be in that team um, Yeah, I, if he wasn't going to be in alongside McLean in midfield then I, I'd said that he should be in for Hernandez or Steepman um, further forward because he had been exceptional and he'd earned that opportunity and when you consider that he missed all the pre-season the first six games of the season because of a of a groin problem the amount of uh, or the amount he's contributed to this season has just been ridiculous really you know winner at Reading the only successful penalty which was a winner in the 86th minute at home two goals at Leeds the extra time uh, sorry injury time equaliser against Sheffield Wednesday and and now well, what for me is the goal of the season we were very fortunate to be in perfect position as he struck it um, and as soon as he shaped up you thought hello this is going in and just the way it bent away into the top corner was was beautiful so yeah, he's very much hero of the week for me much like um, Emmy Buendia's outrageous flick against Hull uh, I had my laptop ahead in my laptop when uh, Mario Vrancic pulled the trigger so I missed it um, all I remember is hearing Dave go Oh, in full Gary Neville style. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And now it's in. So um, I, I can only picture it in terms of the sound of Dave's voice <laughs> raising in pitch, which was lovely, of course. Uh, Kevin Muscat Villa. Oh, just, sorry, just on Mario, by the way. I, I still think of the point you made, I think it was probably last week, that he took four free kicks in the warm-up at Stoke, missed them all. And then he did that against Sheffield Wednesday, but of course also did it at Leeds. And just those big moments from Mario. I mean, that goal at Leeds is important as any. In practice, yeah, that's, yeah. The way, that's the way we that's the way we operate as well, isn't it? I think. Big moment, isn't he? Quite clearly. That's the way he says so much about him. Uh, Kevin Muscat, villain of the week. Hope you're watching, Kevin. Um, any? Uh, what did we? Hmm, I, I was struggling a bit with this one, but what? What are your nominations, Dave? Go on. Uh, I think Lenahan should have been sent off in the first half for Blackburn. Um, he uh, took Pookie out after a terrible bit of control on his chest. Pookie goes clean through, and only gets a book in because I think there was uh, I think Ben Williams was covering but I think that foul was bad enough cynical enough that that should have been a straight red card because he is just allowed open the door team of Pookie's gone through it and then he's just taken his legs out as far as I'm concerned if that's not a red card then the law needs adjusting because he's going through and he's probably scoring there but it was very cynical I'll just as Dave's describing it there's a very good parallel Grant Hanley Portsmouth FA Cup yeah. tell me what was the difference I suppose it was a bit closer to goal Hanley's one wasn't it but you're right it was very similar wasn't it yeah. um, and Hanley did clatter a bit <laughs> but yeah Lenahan just took his legs out and it was totally cynical I mean the, the point is you, you sort of take into account other defenders don't yeah. you but by definition it's denying a clear goal scoring opportunity well the 
championships top goal scorer was through on goal he's quick he was probably going to have a clear goal scoring opportunity so yeah. that's basically it isn't it really but was gone, they probably would have got the 4 or 5-1 that they deserved that their performance deserved if Enel Hernandez hadn't have <laughs> been away with the fairies most of the game <laughs> hey he was in the team of the week for who scored he, he so don't awesome and terrible wasn't he he was, he, he was like the most scintillating performance of the season but he just didn't finish anything did he like I mean he was the one that hit the bar that was a cracking effort Lovely pass from Vrancic, by the way, which opened it up. Cuts into onto his right, hits the bar. But the one where he like tried to pass to Pookie when it was like, you know, just put it away. Then, and then literally that would have been it. The party would have been started. The pop, poppers would have gone. Caro would have been going mental. But no, O'Neill decided to try and pass it. Wow. We all love a winger. It's a, it does come with a package sometimes, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it, Pad? How about you? You got a villain? You're normally good? Well, you just stole me thunder, do you? <laughs> oh, oh Dave! <laughs> Although, you know, I feel a bit harsh saying, having said they're all heroes, to then pick out one as a villain. But, um, but yeah, because for the simple reason, if he strikes one or two of them in, it goes 3-1, and then it is relax. Not saying it was fraught overly, because I thought the game management was good in the last... 15-20 minutes but that wouldn't have made it a lot more comfortable serene passage to the final whistle and promotion so you know I don't want to sound like a broken record but that's an area of his game he has to improve his numbers in isolation you get to the end of the season you'll see the goals and the assists you think he's had a good season and he has had a good season but you feel there's so much more to come from him if he could just be, develop a maturity to his decision making and went to pass and went to shoot and unfortunately we saw the frustrating side of his game on Saturday well you know next season might be a good time to bring that um, maturity let's fingers crossed uh, my nomination would be Ipswich I watched the Sheffield United game generally thinking go on Ipswich do do you know do something that would be fun um, and you know what they put a lot of effort in but if that team finishes in the top half of League One next year playing like that I'll be amazed because they were woeful I mean literally awful and I know you know they had their odd moment but that side just looks well hideous so there we go um, good luck Paul Lambert if you're still there <laughs> uh, Simeon Jackson moment of the week we just call it the celebrations we've done just phenomenal moments to watch well Rancic goal, goal as lovely described by DF yeah Oh. It was it was a it was a lovely minute uh, moment. I think I just went Mario. But I almost went a little bit commentator, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it was a big moment. Uh, to, a bit twee uh, to uh, use a word that you just used, Pad. But uh, Kenny McLean's son scoring in front of the River End in amongst all the celebrations. I think it was Kenny McLean's son. Anyway, yeah. fans seem to have worked that out from I guess he had uh, Kenny on his back or McLean on his back or something but in amongst it all just when things were dying down uh, at all the celebrations it was you know madness and then just as the players were sort of getting themselves together for the lap of honour <laughs> little McLean goes through on goal totters his way through the crowd spot it and everyone joins in don't they Oh, as he gets closer and closer he hesitates then finishes it off and the whole ground cheers as this little kid oh, he must have been about three or four or something wasn't he? he was just like Wow, <laughs> it was brilliant. That was just like a heartwarming moment. It really was. If he becomes a footballer, professional, <laughs> that will probably be the moment. Another little one was Daniel Farker. This just stays in my head. He did a full lap. Obviously, having already done all the celebrations, he then did a full lap of Carrow and every corner demanding, hey, hey, hey. we all know what they are. 
And so he'd been out there for about half an hour. He then wanders over to the tunnel. He's basically last one out. He's like, I'm, I'm going now because this is yeah. this is going on a while. And there's about 20 City fans in the City stand and going, oh, and they, they, they do it to Daniel. And he's like, oh, yeah, one, two. And then he just walks off. It's like he would had his full. He had his fill. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> so, you know, fair play, Daniel. He gave everyone what they wanted to the very last. Brilliant. Okay, well, uh, we're going to leave Mailbag because we're going to have loads over the summer and we'll probably do some special pods on that very subject. So, of course, keep your questions coming in on all our social media feeds and at the email address, thepinken at archant.co.uk, which takes us to the week ahead. We're going to probably expand on this more in our uh, Extra Time podcast, which, as I said, you can watch on the Pinken app. But um, congratulations, Sheffield United. They are uh, definitely officially promoted that's all done because uh, Leeds missed out with the ridiculousness uh, at home to Villa um, on Sunday uh, so in Norwich Sheffield United Chris Wilder and Daniel Farker can, can continue their football love affair in the Premier League I'm sure um, a few uh, national uh, journos might pick up on, on how that story has evolved uh, over the last uh, season or two um, and of course the title situation which is the one thing left to resolve itself Dave can you give us a quick rundown of how that looks and what needs to happen very simple I mean in simple terms you can just say they've got to match Sheffield United's results but it's not even that is it if Sheffield United lose or draw Norwich have won the title so uh, they're away at Stoke at the same time everyone plays at half 12 on Sunday don't they so whatever happens Norwich should be celebrating the firmly favourites as we go into it could be like that Sunderland game in 2004 couldn't it when they lost but won the title because West Brom tanked away to Stoke I think it was um, oh. yeah that's nice oh. nice little symmetry hadn't noticed that uh, yeah I think they lost 4-1 at Stoke on the night so okay. oh, we'll remember that one for some <laughs> I have to double check that that's accurate though. <laughs> um, but so yeah nice and straightforward nice and straightforward indeed and it's so I mean in terms of the situations and scenarios they are heavily weighed in Norwich's favour the good news is Sheffield United are definitely celebrating their own promotion so that's good news because Norwich have been whether the Blades can take their drink better is probably a different question um but there is no denying. I mean, I checked it. Leeds and Norwich have both been ahead, uh, top of the table for 20 match days each this season Sheffield United being top for two uh and I know that's not relevant at this point, but you know Norwich deserve the title, don't they? As we sit now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, joint most wins, is it? Certainly scored the most goals. Um, amply entertained, all and sundry. So um, it would feel a tinge sour for me if they, they were having to sit there at Villa Park and, and pictures coming through of Chrissy Wilder holding the trophy aloft. Oh. That wouldn't be a great, great way to end the season. But you know, as Daniel said icing on the cake but they've already got the cake so I suppose you know the, the realism would, would swiftly kick in but you know it, it it would feel a little bit like they've been shortchanged and uh, particularly in this scenario because forget the fact I think there were seven eight points clear of Sheffield only about a month ago so you know full credit to the run that the, the Blades have put together but if Norwich from this it just isolating what we got on Sunday you know Norwich are three points clear they just have to basically get a point it's guaranteed if not then as Dave says it's relying on Stoke to do the business to not take it in those circumstances would be disappointing let's be brutally honest and in a situation where Villa have nothing to play for we'll we'll probably talk about more of that in the pod Uh, what we do know is there is going to be a parade on Bank Holiday Monday so that's just the day after of course the Villa game that's going to be at 9 o'clock 
and uh, congregate around City Hall. I've just realised I haven't actually had the time to read any of this stuff, but it's City Hall, is it? Nine o'clock? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it starts with City Hall and then the uh, there's two buses going... Uh, I think they... So they must go for... I'm not going to guess, no. but um, <laughs> they, they go from the around city centre down Castle uh, Meadow, down towards Tombland, that sort of uh, vibe, isn't it? Usual thing. And, of course, you do that in the morning. You can then take in yeah. Russ versus Wes, the, not, the celebration match at Carrow Road. I don't know what time that kicks off. Is it three o'clock? three o'clock, yeah. Let me just see. I think the route will be in here. Go on then, Dave. If you feel some time. Oh, thank you. Great. Cheers. Always good on video. Go on then, Dave. Um, So, yeah, so the parade will start, or the bus tour, sorry, starts from outside the Forum. Um, They go down Theatre Street, turn into Red Lion Street, down Castle Meadow. And is that... uh, Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, Upper King, Upper King Street, then into Tombland, down towards Palace Street. So they're heading down towards the Cathedral by that point, aren't they? So it's the the sort of recognised route, a bit like the Run Norwich route, isn't it as well? Um, but yeah, people congregating um, in front of City Hall. From the celebration will start outside City Hall at nine a.m., where BT Sport host and Canary Sport Jake Humphrey will be comparing talks with various City players and coaching staff. Well, there we go. I think I'll take my boy. And um, and uh, and everyone, it should be a cracking occasion. The fans will be flooding to the streets. I mean, it, it's an early start. I suppose normally we're used to them being in the evenings, Paddy, but yeah. should be quite the day, shouldn't it? And um, it gives a bit of kudos to Russ and Wes and their day. I think the players are going to be there as well, aren't they? They're going to do another lap of honour and all that sort of stuff. So um, maybe they'll have a championship trophy to parade, which would, I think, be most fitting, wouldn't it? I'd be really interested to see what it's like to go drinking with footballers who don't uh, normally can't drink, certainly much during the course of the season because they um, you know obviously have strict diets and stuff but for Sheffield United and Norwich players to basically be allowed off the leash for a few nights I'd imagine that they'd get drunk quite quickly (laughs) I can't imagine a professional footballer being able to you know neck six pints or something without being absolutely smashed so <laughs> I, I'd imagine yeah. they've had a, had a few good days I'm sure, I'm sure they have had a few good days and um, hopefully they will focus their minds in a couple of days time to get a little bit of preparation in especially as we're speaking to them later in the week that could be quite um, some of them that could be quite interesting if they can manage coherent sentences I'm, sure I'm back into game mode by that point I'm sure well in, well in a way they are oh, consummate professionals as they've proven all season uh, The Pink and Show um, is coming up on Wednesday from Departure Lounge checking with Tony uh, with the Canaries Trust and um, well, Dave you're going to be there aren't you there's yeah. a bit of food on so yeah I'm going to pop along if there's free food I'm there <laughs> um, Paddy you might have something better to do at the walks oh yes of course Kings Lynn Kings Lynn I mean, that, that's a cracking story as well, isn't it? You know, you know, I'll, I'll keep it real. Unlike you boys, <laughs> you, you only bother with canaries. You know, I, I like to spread the net wide in the football family that is Norfolk. It's your home away from home, isn't it, as yeah, well? Yeah, no, yeah, basically anybody who's not aware, Kings in town in the playoffs semi-finally in Culverhouse, of course, looking to go one better than they did last year, which was they failed in the playoff final. So. But uh, to finish second, which guarantees them home advantage both Wednesday night, and if they get through, then... Maddeningly, uh, Monday afternoon, so um, I'll be in, in Kings Lynn again. So I missed the Russ game, but uh, firstly, they need to win Wednesday night. I think they've got Stratford at home, so good luck to the boys. Yeah, we'll all be cheering them on here, of course, because it'd be a fantastic story for Norfolk yeah. football and especially, of course, Ian Culverhouse. What a job he's done there again. Um, but I think that's it. Any other business? Any other business, Pat? No, that's it. I think DF's normally the one with any yeah. other business. Any other business, Dave? There was a stat I was going to throw in. <laughs> um, Obviously, they conceded within a couple of minutes of scoring the other night. 
and that's seven time, yeah. seven <laughs> times this season in the league that they've conceded win within five minutes of scoring. So that has got to be something they've got to fix in the Premier League next year. That's not good Sound enough. It. And five of those have been at home, weirdly. So um, I guess that's a bit of complacency. Maybe even the crowd need to calm down a little bit after goals. I don't, I don't know. It's, oh, it's, it's what it's, 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 it's be a killjoy. Can you stop celebrating? We've got to <laughs> well, not concede. Or maybe just everybody just needs to concentrate a little bit more. But maybe maybe help the players concentrate. <laughs> maybe the whole stadium needs to be going manager style yeah. <laughs> to the players. Like that. yeah. um, um, that's got to be fixed. Well, well, well said. Ed, good. Any other business? I'm not going to mention substitutions, although it did was quite perplexing to have more injury time because you're making substitutions in injury time on Saturday. But yeah. Daniel Farker, there's not much criticising for him. Why would we? Norwich have promoted to the Premier League, which we will talk about in the bonus podcast, as well as the answer to Paddy's quiz question, which I know is why you're all here, really. Um, but that is it. After we are done. After <laughs> or not. Uh, we are done, though. Um, thank you for watching and listening, um, be it on YouTube or, or Audio Boom in the podcast feeds. We really do appreciate it. It's been a cracking season for the podcast. It's not over yet. Uh, remember Pinkin.com for all the latest Norwich City news and analysis, if I can say it, opinion, transfer insight and Premier League opinion. Uh, we'll be back with you on Tuesday next week I think I don't even know if I'm in but we'll figure that out we're trying to work out what will happen tomorrow for the time being uh, so uh, make sure you get in touch get involved with us of course because this is your podcast as much as it is ours uh, we'll answer that earlier pod- uh, quiz question from Pad and, and talk about some other meandering stuff of course over on the Pink and uh, Norris City podcast extra time I think I've sold it get the Pink and app until then here's to sore heads and memorable moments being signed off with the championship title after all they don't half deserve it cheers Dave Cheers. Cheers, Pat. Cheers, man. Cheers, all. Cheers.